There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. I am going to tackle a really big subject on this podcast. In fact, it's huge. It's so big it can't be calculated. The universe and all that pertains to it. What is its origin and what is the substance or the nature of the universe? There's a lot of different viewpoints. In fact, there's hundreds of myths and over 4,000 religions in the world concerning the creation, but I'm going to narrow it down to just seven viewpoints and not really dealing with the mythological stories. There's at least seven schools of thought concerning the existence of this vast, wide cosmos. How did it get here? What brought it into existence? Well, actually, the first one on the list says that the universe is eternal. It has no beginning and no end. That comes from a religion called Jainism, which is, oh, you could say an offshoot of Hinduism. A lot of different beliefs than Hinduism, but it was born out of the Hindu culture and that part of the world. And in Jainism, they teach that there are six basic elements that are never destroyed. They do not have a beginning point but they're always in a state of flux. They're always changing in some way or another. And those six things are soul, matter, time, space, motion, and the arrest of motion. Let me say that again. Those six elements that, according to Jainism, never had a beginning point, never will have an ending point, are soul, matter, time, space, motion, and the arrest of motion. Another religion that promotes this idea that the universe had no start, had no beginning point, is the Baha'i faith, which is an offshoot of Islam. Next, number two, the second belief is that the universe was created by God out of nothing, absolutely nothing. This is the belief of Judaism, Islam, Sikhism, and Christianity. Of course, we have the Bible description that in the beginning, the earth was without form and void. That's absolute nothingness. But praise God, our God can take nothing and make something out of it. He's a real genius at doing that. In fact, I've often Heard it said that the first 40 years of his life, Moses learned how to be something as an adopted son in Pharaoh's court. And then the second 40 years of his life, he learned how to be nothing. And then the last 40 years of his life, after the burning bush experience, he learned how God can take nothing and make something out of it. And that ought to build our faith, because if God can do that in a universal cosmic sense, 
He can certainly do it in an individual sense. He can do that for you in your life. Well, in the Bible, it says that God gave a series of statements, beginning with, let there be light, and then let there be a firmament, and so on, with each stage of creation. In Islam, all God said was be, and out of that one word, the universe burst into existence. In Sikhism, there is a statement in what they consider to be Holy Scripture that with a single command, creation was unfurled. With a single command, creation was unfurled. Sometimes we're more alike in certain areas with other religions than we realize. And those are entry points for discussion. If I meet a Sikh person, I might mention this, that we have very similar beliefs concerning the creation. And that's a good way to connect with people and to converse over differences of opinion. Start out with something you agree on and then go into what you may have a different viewpoint on. Number three, the third point of view concerning the origin and nature of the universe is that the universe was created by God or gods, small letter G-O-D-S, deities, out of a pre-existing substance. Now, my immediate question would be, where did that pre-existing substance come from? Didn't it have to be created? And then you can keep going back on and on and on. Well, Hinduism professes the belief that that pre-existing substance is something called Prakriti. That's P-A-K-R-I-T-I. And then with that substance, the universe was created. But there's some unique ideas in Hinduism that we're about to get to. Because number four, the fourth view concerning the origin and nature of the universe is that the universe was not created by God, but emanated out of God. And that makes for a huge difference concerning the nature of the universe. Because if the universe is created by God, he can exist apart from the universe. But if the universe is emanated out of God, everything material is a temporary manifestation of that which is spiritual. And eventually it will waste away and everything goes back to Godhead. But that also takes us to a belief we'll get to in a little bit that everything has a divine essence and that has a name. So that's the number four belief. The universe was emanated out of God. And also we need to realize that if that be true, and I used to believe it over 50 years ago when I was a yoga teacher at four universities, I believed that was the origin of the universe. And I believe that everything material is really an illusion. It's called Maya, M-A-Y-A, Maya. Everything is an illusion. It looks permanent. It looks substantial, but eventually it's all going to dissolve away. And, it, and we'll find out that it was all a delusion. Well, that's not according to the Bible. And I'll get to that later, what the ultimate outcome of the universe is going to be. All right, that is number four. 
Number five is the universe was created by God and his essence is in everything. Now that's close to number four. Number four is the universe was emanated out of God and it is the manifestation of God. It is spirit manifested. Well, there's an adjustment to that belief and it's the idea that the universe was created. It was not emanated, but his presence, his essence is within everything. Number six, some people believe, some religions believe that the universe was created by God and he exists separate from it. Now, Judaism believes that. Islam believes that. Christianity believes that. The universe was created by God and he exists separate from it. Number seven is a very curious belief. And that is that the universe is simply the result of causal actions, cause and effect. That stems from Buddhism. That's why many people who claim to be atheistic identify with Buddhism, because Buddhism at its base, at its foundation, is atheistic. Uh, Buddha never taught the concept of God. He taught that the universe was just a result of cause and effect. So there you have it. Now there's some other smaller variations. I shouldn't say smaller because it's still huge in scope. But number eight, there's a very unique view in Zoroastrianism. Now we're getting into some religions you may be unfamiliar with. You should look it up online. You'll be uh, amazed at the unique beliefs assigned to that religion. But they believe in two eternally existent gods. There's the wise lord called Ahura Mazda. That's actually where you get the name of the car, Mazda. Ahura Mazda. And then there's an evil god, a god of darkness called Angramenu. Or he's also called Ariman. And uh, they both have creative powers. So the negative things in the universe were created by Angramenu or Ariman. And the positive, good, beautiful, wonderful things were created by Ahura Mazda. So that's a, a different kind of outlook or worldview. Kabbalah, which is the esoteric New Age offshoot of Judaism that's really primarily been around about 2,000 years. Right, right after the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a surge of interest in Kabbalah. And I believe it's because they, they rejected the Messiah and they still were hungry for the supernatural more than what basic Judaism gave them. And so they went after Kabbalah, which is, like I said, the new age offshoot of Judaism. And in my book, In Search of the True Light, I have uh, seven categories where I list the beliefs of all these different religions in uh, various uh, things, various comparisons and contrasts, like the origin and nature of the universe, or the origin and nature of man, or the nature of salvation, liberation, and enlightenment, things like that, seven different categories. And I tell what Kabbalah believes. I tell what Sikhism believes. I tell what Islam believes. And I'm getting a lot of the information I'm sharing on this podcast episode from that book. Okay, next, Kabbalah 
has a real unique idea about the creation of the universe. It happened because of the shattering of the vessel. And it gets too complicated to go into that. But you could get the book in search of the true light and find out what that means. That this vessel was shattered because of an inrushing of the presence of God and the universe was formed. Another kind of unique slant is the universe is the result of the splitting of a cosmic egg. Whoa. Which came first, right? The chicken or the egg? Well, according to Shinto, the egg came first because the universe resulted from this cosmic splitting of the egg. And Shinto is the religion that's uh, found in Japan. And uh, they also believe that the Japanese islands were formed by two primary deities, Izanami and Izanagi, and that they dipped spearheads into salt water and the droplets that fell from the spear formed the Japanese islands. Very unique belief. That's one of those mythological things that I said we weren't going to cover, but that one's just very unique and interesting. And then the last little offshoot idea from the seven basic ways the universe and its origin are described is found in Gnosticism. And Gnosticism has this, well, it was the enemy of the church. Back in the beginning, John taught against Gnosticism and some of their beliefs. And it was the, uh, it was the thing that was challenging Christian doctrine back at the beginning. Right now, it's New Age spirituality. That's the thing that is challenging basic Christian doctrine. But Gnosticism teaches that the universe was created, are you ready for this, by an evil deity. An evil deity because of the evil that's in this world, because of the corruption that's in this world, whatever deity brought it forth must have been evil. And they assigned that characteristic to Jehovah, that uh, Jehovah is like a god of darkness. So we have a lot of viewpoints. Now, let's break it down a different way. You have all those different concepts concerning the origin of the universe, but now I'm going to my True Light book, and I want to read to you the nature of the universe. We pretty much covered the origin of the universe on a basic level. But now let's talk about the nature of the universe. And uh, we have a number of different categories uh, that I should cover, about seven categories. First is dualism. Dualism. Dualism is the concept that the universe is composed of two distinct parts, and that is matter and mind. Think of that. Mind and matter, being and non-being and that there is a distinct difference and separation between the Creator and His creation. Of course, Christianity is dualistic in its view, and there's a lot of other religions that are dualistic. Now, about half of those who embrace Hinduism are believers in the next description I have, and that is monism. Dualism is the belief that 
matter and spirit or matter and mind are distinctly different and separate from one another. But monism is the belief that everything is of one essential substance. People who believe in monism, you often hear them say, I am one with the universe. The universe is one with me. I am the universe. I am all things. Because they believe that, well, really the word monism means all is one and one is all. So each individual part is one with the whole and the whole is one with each individual part. Monism. All is one and one is all. And there's different categories of monism. But uh, there is another category that's kind of a modification of monism. Now, in monism, you don't have a God separate from you that you can have a relationship with because you're part of this thing, this, this um, universal energy, if you want to call it that. But there's an adjustment on that called monistic theism. Now, these are really heavy terms, but I want you to become familiar with them. Monistic theism is the belief that during this journey of the soul, that we have the temporary sense or the temporary illusion that God is separate from us on our journey to complete oneness with the Godhead where that separation dissolves away. And so it's an illusory part of the journey. That's monistic theism. Now, the next category is pantheism. And pantheism and monism are very related. The word pantheism means all is God and God is all. So, if you believe in pantheism, you can look out the window like I'm looking out into my backyard and say that tree is God. That squirrel that's been... uh, chewing up nuts and dropping them on my head while I sit on my porch, the little parts of the nut that he doesn't eat. It's kind of humorous, but not so humorous. I had to put up an umbrella to keep that squirrel from uh, baptizing me in little bits and pieces of the nuts he's chewing on. But uh, that squirrel is God. If pantheism is true, the cat is God, the dog is God, you're God, I'm God, we're all God. Everything is a manifestation of God. Let me insert a thought here. If you believe that, and I used to believe that when I ran a yoga ashram, I believed in a pantheistic worldview that we are all God. However, follow it through logically. If we are God, that little word we is like An acrostic, the W stands for the worst of the human race. The E stands for the most excellent of the human race. So if you say we are God, that includes the Adolf Hitlers and the Mother Teresas, the worst and the best. And that's unacceptable to me because then you're saying Hitler was a manifestation of God and all the evil that he wrought. Well, how evil would that make God? Because if we are God, and that includes the evil and the good, then God is both evil and good. And of course, that's what the yin-yang symbol represents, which comes out of Taoism, the ancient Chinese religion, that symbol with the two teardrop-like objects fused together into a circle. One is dark, the other is light. 
And that represents the idea that ultimate reality is both darkness and light, both evil and good. Because their assumption is, because this world is full of duality, you have mountains and valleys, night and day, depression and joy, life and death, male and female, all of life is full of dualities, and whatever power brought it into existence must have a dual nature, both evil and good. That's what the yin-yang symbol represents, so that's definitely not jewelry you want to wear if you don't believe that, and I certainly do not believe that now because the Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Well, that can only be true if another view of the universe is true, and I'll get to it in just a minute. But that's pantheism. Pantheism. Pantheism means all is God and God is all. It comes from root words, pantheos. All is God and God is all. Monism means all is one and one is all. And so it's very related, very related. Next is panentheism. Panentheism is a modification of pantheism. Those who believe in panentheism, and some Hindus believe in panentheism, that's P-A-N-E-N-T-H-E-I-S-M. And that is the belief that God is in all and all is in God. The Spirit of God is blended in with the entire universe, but the universe is not an emanation of God. It is not a manifestation of the material out of spiritual. It flows through it all. There's an essence of divinity within everything and everyone, but the universe is not an emanation of God. That's panentheism. See, a little bit of an adjustment there, but making a huge difference in what you believe. And there are many Hindus that believe in pantheism, a little over 50% the last time I checked. And there are many Hindus that believe no it has to be separate to a certain degree, dualistic, so that we can have relationship with God. All right. Uh, next is pluralism. Pluralism is the idea that reality is comprised of a number of parts and that no single belief system can sufficiently explain the nature of the universe and God. Now, back when I was a yoga teacher, I would tell people I was pluralistic in my mindset that there was truth in Hinduism, truth in Buddhism, truth in Islam, truth in Jainism, truth in Sikhism. Now I believe the truth resides in the Bible and in the Christian view of the nature of God and the nature of the universe. Finally is theism. Theism is the view that creation is separate from God, that he is transcendent, that he transcends the universe. However, he manifests himself to people within that universe, to beings within that universe. However, he's transcended. He exists apart from the material universe. And the life of animate things, like the life of the tree, the life of that irritating squirrel that bugs me every time I sit on my porch, uh, <laughs> the uh, life of all those animate things is a gift from God, but it is not the essence of God. That's a very important distinction between the two. So where are we headed, though? Most Eastern religions believe in a cyclical view of the universe, 
that the universe goes through cycles from good to bad and from bad returning back to good. It, there's different ages, different religions have different ways of terming those ages. In astrology, you have the 12 houses that the sun passes through, but there's no ultimate resolving of the negative issues that are here in this world because we're constantly achieving this high place of an Eden-like paradise existence in this world and perfection in the universe only to plunge into the depths of another era of degradation. And it goes over and over and over again. In Christianity, however, in the biblical point of view, it's not cyclical, it's linear. That means we are progressing in a straight line toward an ultimate goal. And that ultimate goal is something called the new creation, where God promises in the Bible that after the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, at a certain juncture, there will be a new heaven and a new earth created wherein dwells righteousness. So I believe in that new creation, there will be a beautiful blending of the nature of God with the universe, not to a pantheistic degree, but that God will permeate and saturate everything so that the universe is alive with the presence of God. Not alive in the sense that New Agers believe the universe is alive, but what I mean is everything will be saturated with the divine presence. And everything will be brought to perfection because God said it, righteousness will dwell in the new creation, meaning it will all be perfect, it will all be wonderful, and I believe we're headed that direction. So that gives you a very intense and detailed overview of the origin and the nature of the universe. If you want to study it out more deeply, I encourage you, get this book, In Search of the True Light. It's available as an ebook on Amazon. It's also available in physical copies. You can go to thetruelight.net and order it. Or you can go to shreveministries.org. Or you can order off of Amazon if you choose to. And of course, that's uh, primarily in those countries where Amazon, uh, Amazon books in a physical form are available. But you can buy the ebook anywhere in the world. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. Choose Jesus. Choose Christianity. You can't blend all of these together and say they're all right. That would be completely illogical. There's got to be one view that is right at the expense of the others being wrong. And so I urge you to pray about it. Ask Jesus to manifest himself to you, and he will change everything for the good in your life. Receive him into your heart and ask to be born again. And then you'll know how powerful and real and true the Bible is. Thank you. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.